Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Revolution Running. Join world-renowned running guru, Dr. Jason Karp, on one of his workshops or certifications and learn winning training methods to improve physiological factors of running fitness and performance and distinguish yourself as a running expert. Dr. Karp has written books such as Running for Women, Run Your Fat Off, and The Inner Runner. And brought to you by Evolve Health. Evolve Health offers a full line of nutrition and supplement products for athletes and those seeking better health. And if that's not enough, we are also brought to you by 361. Get the best in athletic performance, cross-training, running sneakers, men and women's fitness, gear, and apparel. For codes and promos, go to twofitcrazies.com and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. We're having a good time today. We are. I'm feeling extra <laughs> crazy today. Like extra sugar on the Frosted Flakes day kind of feeling. <laughs> Running around like your hair's on fire? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Hey. So when we talk about, you know, you being a fit crazy. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got the crazy <laughs> part down. And uh, the fit part, yeah, we're, we're still working on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Like out of the womb, crazy. <laughs> the rest of it we had to work on. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Episode 26 is what we're up for today, correct? Correct. Oh my goodness. Great guest. We're, I, I'm not even going to say anything yet because we had a great guest in episode 25. Yeah. I, oh yeah. 25 was awesome. Hey, Jonathan Ross, who was a creator, uh, who is the creator of Fun Tensity. First of all, Fun Tensity. Right, eighty percent. Sign us up. Eighty percent come for the fun. Twenty percent come for the intensity, and and a hundred percent come back for more. No, come for the stay for the fun intensity. <gasps> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they come back. That's what it was. I think. I, oh, sorry, Jonathan. I think I screwed that up. But that was awesome. Close enough. It was so good. Such a good. You know what? I feel like when I listen to Jonathan, and and I know that what he's. Uh, you know, I, I know that what he's after, it's, it's, it's a different layer of physical fitness and it's to get people involved and it comes, you know, from his story, his background and all those things. And I just really feel like he's got like this soul level satisfaction, a good dude, right. And into his work, like he's got this like soul level satisfaction, you know, that really is just kind of like he's, you know, there are, you know, there are trainers that, you know, like to kick the crap out of each you know, people and do all that stuff. And this dude is like, he's a healer. I love it. He's extremely intelligent. Oh yeah. And not only is he intelligent, but he uses, you know, he uses exercise to get into people's minds. And again, someone who uses a rubber chicken as uh, his main prop. And now he's known as like the chicken guy. I mean, very, just very powerful that, you know, he talks about, Again, how emotion drives motion and, you know, he really is stimulating the brain and, and, you know, dealing with, um, he talked about fighting diseases as well, like Parkinson's. Um, I don't know if he talked about ALS, but a couple different things that just were real fascinating that, that these are the reasons why he is doing what he's doing. It's not just, Hey, we have an hour and we're going to, you know, kick your butt. It's we have an hour or less or more and we're going to just get moving. And it's not just about, you know, killing yourself in the gym, like we said, but making it fun. And when something's fun, you're going to light up those, you know, those feelings and uh, you're going to want more. So that was really, that was awesome to hear from him. So definitely check that out. Absolutely. Episode 25, check it out. So 
it, it just, like we said, things keep getting better and better. Not to discredit anyone that's been on our podcast before because you're just awesome. We had today, who you're going to hear from is the Brian Hanlon. And seriously. The Brian, Brian Hanlon of Hanlon, Hanlon Sculpture Studio. He is a uh, classically trained master sculptor. He's the uh, you know the official sculptor for the uh, basketball hall of fame, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, and you know just around the country, he's got sculptures on you know heavy heavy hitters in the sports world. Uh, you know everyone from Charles Barkley to Evander Holyfield to Jackie Robinson as a football player at the Rose Bowl. Uh, which is like amazing, you know. Most people don't even know that he actually, that, you know, Jackie was a, a football player as well. Uh, and you know, talk about soul level satisfaction in your work. Uh, he is, uh, you know, full disclosure. Brian's a dear friend of mine. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's uh, he's a good buddy of mine that I met through running and physical fitness, and 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 he is, uh, you know, he's a dear friend and you know a mentor to me as well. He's, you know, definitely somebody who I bounce just about everything off of, you know, because I know that I'm going to get a good thought out, peaceful kind of like on the level answer, even if it's like, don't be such a moron, you know? Um, and he's, uh, and he's amazing. And, you know, it was really just great to hear from him how, you know, how, what, how, what goes into his works, how he gets his works. He's, you know, he's got a very good grip on the sports world for a lot of the work he does. Universities. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. Pistol Pete Maravich. He just did a bunch of work for Indiana University uh, and Syracuse University. I mean, the list goes on and on. The yeah. website is unreal. Yeah. I mean, the amount of sculptures you'll see come up. You'll be like, oh my gosh, he made that. I know, I know that, or I've seen that. And, and he, uh, he, he made the Bearcat for Binghamton University, which I didn't realize until, you know, until he left. And I'm like, damn it. That's one of the schools that I went to. So that was, you know, and all you, over. Yeah. And it's, you know, and, and to hear from him the story really behind mm-hmm. of just about everything. I mean, he's not just throwing up figures and, 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 you know, there's, there's real meaning behind all of it. And you can really see it when you look at it, uh, you know, closely and in depth. And, uh, that's just him. You know, and we we also talk about the role that exercise and 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 just you know, in a sense, you know, a spirituality or or like you know, like I forget what he he had actually called it was, um, you know, just a, a real firm grip on a connection to their work and a love for the work, and you know, he's uh, he's a unique dude. He's he's uh, you know he's he's got he he works in a unique field. He says he's one in one a million. You know, more than that. More than yeah, that. No. Yeah, no, it's like a billion. I, I mean, it was yeah. like one of his words, but uh, you know, it's just uh, it, it was really, really interesting. And uh, you know, he's uh, he's also a fantastic runner. We get into that a little bit, and we just uh, you know, we hope you enjoy it. It's uh, it's a it's a good it's a good listen, you know. Uh, and and he's uh, he's an incredible dude and a dear friend, and uh, we hope you enjoy episode twenty six. Enjoy, peace. Thank you. 
is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. I gotta ask you, Brian, how you doing? I'm fantastic. Best day ever. It's every day. Can't wait till tomorrow. Every day. He's like a child. You, how are you doing today? Good. Better. Fantastic. My, my grandfather's a real piece of work. He, uh, he looked at me one time in the car and, you know, he, he says, uh, he says, you know, I can't wait till tomorrow. And I said, why? Why? And he says, because I get better looking every day. Uh, and it was like one of those things, you know, it was like a real character. I love it. Yeah. He also, uh, I can't even tell that one on the air. I digress. Okay. Well, yeah. anyhow. It wouldn't make the editing session. Okay. That's fine. Totally fine. My grandpa. I do have to point something out. Today, before we get into our such a phenomenal guest, once again, that I will use the word the in front of his the. name. The. The. It's very important when you get that title. It's like you're almost like a sir. You're benighted. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get into that in a second. But it's also Dr. Seuss's birthday. And and Dork over here, you know, the, as the English professor teacher for, you know, like 15 years. Um, you know, why stand out when you were born to fit in? I just want to start with that today. Mm-hmm. I, I like right? it. Why stand? Why, why fit in? We're there's, born to stand out. There's that's it. no other you that's been youer than you, Christine yeah. Conte. Right. Thank heavens. And you know what we do? We podcast, we run, we talk to people in a box with a fox on a train in the rain. <laughs> I mean, you can go on and on, but I just like to give a little shout out because that's really important. And without, uh, you know, without reading and the love for learning and education, then we're not living if we're not learning. So it's been a whole bam. week of that. My kids have been dressed up like every, every day it was like one was wacky, wacky Wednesday. You know, they dressed back with their pants inside out and. Uh, you know, and, and then there was a uh, wacky hat day, and then today was the actual Dr. Seuss day where they all went pretty much decked out in uh, the the red and white hat. And if you haven't seen the Michael Myers version of the movie, the Cat in the Hat, it's freaking hysterical. It's one of my favorite kids' movies. That's like you know is twice as good as an adult. It's one of those things. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's get into this today because can I say the name? Yeah. Because we have with us today, and Brian's going to give you a little rundown. Um, because if you have not heard of him, you need to. And after today, it's on. So we have in-studio guests today, which sometimes we get a little crazy with the in-studio. The Brian Hanlon is with us today. The Brian Hanlon of Hanlon Sculpture Works. Nice to Correct. be with you guys. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. How's it going, brother? Doing great. So for those great, of you that great, great. don't know, Mr. Brian Hanlon is a classically trained master sculpture sculptor he's uh he's the official master sculptor of many things uh the most notably the uh, naismith memorial basketball hall of fame so like a lot of stuff going on there right yeah. uh he's done work for just about everyone syracuse university indiana university georgetown uh the denver broncos yeah. the new orleans saints atlanta hawks who am i missing uh yeah come on keep it rolling uh san diego padres i know is another uh institution that we know of and then among other that uh, others um like lots of uh civil rights f- um figures uh civic figures um religious figures 911 memorials i mean the list just goes on yeah. and on and on and on really cool work most uh we've seen uh Evander Holyfield mm. Charles Barkley yeah right who else the round mound uh, the round mound of rebound. How much uh, clay and bronze goes into that one? A lot. A lot. Uh, so, you know, and, we, and they put these in very, um, you know, uh, places that are, you know, seen by a lot of people. Uh, you know, I think you estimate that you've seen, you know, each year like a couple, you know, 
few million people no see your, see your sculptures, uh, whether it's on a campus or a, you know a place of note um, around the country. Uh, you know, really cool, and happens to be a dear friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, an excellent, he's a mentor to me. Uh, he's, I met him through running, uh, you know, and we want to talk all about your sculptures, but with, uh, but before we do that, just hello and uh, tell us how you're doing. Doing great. Great to hear, uh, Dr. Seuss's name Mm -hmm. since I'm being a part of this talk today. Um, Dr. Seuss was from, uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, where the basketball hall of fame is. And I, in fact, bid on the sculpture to you know, pay tribute to him in Springfield. And his museum is, on a scale of 1 to 10, is an 11. So bring your kids there. It is awesome. But there's this really cool statue outside of him with his characters. And I was second in the competition. I lost to one of his artists who did it computer style and then worked with, like, I don't know what studio, but... I was involved there. It's it's a neat property. I mean, Springfield is interesting. If you turn the wrong corner, you're going to need a clock. But <laughs> um, everything was invented there. Um, I think Smith & Wesson. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little motorcycle called Indian. So it's like you drive around this city, and I did a, an important civic piece there too. Um, I put Dr. Naismith Monument in the very spot that he found at the game, which is now a ghetto. Wow. And there was about six murders in that area before we put the sculpture up. As a result of the sculpture going up and redoing this sort of triangle area, no murders in a couple of years now. So They have something to care about. Well, it's a, it's a different topic certainly than we talk about today, but when you do enhance an area – no matter how bad it is, people's thinking and behavior change to a better level. Now, they did break the glass on one of the pieces. Why we put glass in that site, I have no idea, but that was the, the landscape architect was like, let's do LED lighting in this glass. And I went, glass? Gee, they, they're going to have guns walking around the neighborhood. <laughs> well, some, someone shot it out. Uh, uh, but really neat. We found the original steps from the YMCA. The original steps that he walked up to go in the building to invent the game of basketball. It's amazing. And Naismith's story is one of the best ever in the history of sports. He was a 30-year-old freshman at Springfield College. Now, if I was a parent and I dropped my kid off in college and there's some old-looking guy (laughs) in a wool suit from Canada who smelled of scotch – I'd be a little concerned, you know, <laughs> and uh, that was his gig, man. He uh, spent his 20s, you know, he's certainly a brilliant guy, but like, you know, partying and that story's not told and it should be. And his form of redemption was inventing the game of basketball. That's a better story than the game of basketball. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Uh, Adam Silver should take up that cause and do something cool with it, you know? And, and and why he invented it, and it was because he had, you know, an unruly class. So, maybe you know, maybe that background of his uh, led him to, you know, develop something. Or he had the, you know, the wherewithal to say, you know, these kids need a little bit more right. than what they're getting. And it had the yeah. structure. And the, the uniforms they had on were, of course, not basketball uniforms. They were immigrants in the neighborhood who were wearing European soccer uniforms. There were no basketball uniforms because there was no basketball. There was no basketball. basketball. Yeah. So they had wool soccer uniforms on. 
Oh. And there was broken bones involved because it was kind of rough. They caged in, like, for the first year, there was a cage because he was that violent. Oh. You could, sl- you know, go after the guy if he had the ball. And now you can't even hand check. Yeah, it's way different. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, these got, athletes are it's got, oh, it's amazing. Supersonic. It's amazing. Westbrook is one of the most amazing athletes I've ever seen in my life. You know, we talked about him, and yeah. he's one of my favorites, too. Russell Westbrook, to me, is like, you know, my kids, my five-year-old in particular, loves the NBA, loves right. basketball. I woke up this morning, and I gave him stats because he requested them. He wanted to know who won the game <laughs> last incredible. night. My, incredible. My son, um, for career Same. day yesterday, career day, okay, comes downstairs, full Maryland basketball garb, <laughs> head to toe. Head to toe. With the socks, with the Maryland state flags up to his knees. Sweetheart, what what are you wearing? I, it's it's career day. You're right, Mom. I'm going to be a basketball player. I'm Dress like, for success. Okay. What's his connection with Maryland? Well, that's you did. That's you know yeah, my. I'd love to sculpt that coach there. He's a great guy. He went in the Hall of Fame. About my husband five years and I ago. are are Terps, Maryland grads. And What's his name? Coach Gary Williams. Gary, Gary Williams is a great there you go. guy. He's a great guy. And then we were Len sh- Elmore huge. should be a statue exactly. of him there. Exactly. He was exactly. great. He's Elgin Baylor great. I oh, mean, yeah. He could move. He can call a game, too. We've seen yeah, him. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, good. Yeah, he's good. Well, he's I good think on he's the air. attorney, right? Law degree. Uh, he's a they had, they had great teams back then. Yeah, Len is not a slacker. He's uh, like, no, you absolutely talk not. to him and you're talking to someone who's super educated. And he, arguably the greatest basketball player, although I did like Grievous Vasquez. Who was, you know, <gasps> Love Grievous. General Grievous. General Grievous <laughs> has not really grown in the NBA. I but know. I, in, in, I thought he was going to be great, too. Me, too. He took down Duke by himself one night, or was it UNC? It was the ACC championship. He took them basically down by himself. He was a six foot eight. Get on my back. Guard. Could I never seen anything like it. The way he was dishing the ball and shooting that night. He won the Koozie Award. That was a cool. And moment. who 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 uh, sculpted the Koozie Award? The Bob Koozie Award. Well, who, who nice that nice announcement there. I do all of the individual awards for the Final Four for men's, and now this year, first time women's. Yes, go ladies. They're all going to get individual position awards, which never occurred before. So for men's, it's Koozie's the point guard, Mm -hmm. a guy named Jerry West, average average player. (laughs) Could play a little. uh, West Virginia and the Lakers and now great administrator. And the NBA logo. Yeah. Yes, incredible. So he's the two guard, shooting guard. And then there is Dr. J, uh, Julie Serving, played at uh, UMass. And uh, the mailman, Carl Malone, who are the two forwards uh, positions, and then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the center award. And it's a really, they're really. It's a nice squad. Really neat statues. They're all better than the Heisman Trophy, every single one of them. And then with the women, I'm going to get embarrassed because I'm not going to remember all the names, but Nancy Lieberman's the point guard. Uh, Drysdale is the shooting guard who is prominent still in the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anne. And yeah, UCLA. Yes, Lisa Leslie, um, Reggie Miller's sister. Cheryl, I'm I'm gonna get close here. Yeah, and then come on, Katrina. Oh man, I can't remember her last name. All right, it's the only other forward. Yeah, close but enough. those are better than the men's awards because they were made later. Awesome. Just finished them. Amazing. They'll be unveiled at the final four this year, first time. You know what we need to do? We need to stop before we go on even yeah, farther because we need to tell our listeners who are like, who is this yeah, this, this amazing <laughs> sculptor that you know is doing all these things and 
where is he? Where's he from? How did he get into this? Is he just a natural God of, you know, with his hands and whatnot, or were you trained or how does one, because again, there's people say sometimes to me, how do you do this? How do you run this Christine or do this? And I'm like, I don't know. You just do it for me. I can't fathom sculpting. Whereas I love that because it, it puts me kind of into a, tell me about this. I love learning. I'm a, I love learning and I would love for you to share with our audience who, again, we are into fitness and nutrition and well, and you know, mindfulness. And this really is an art and really is something that is a special craft and a gift. So start us out with how did you even think I want to do this? Right, right. Well, it is about one in a billion as far as a career. And that could be the wrong number. It might be more. Um, but as a you know, as a kid, I liked two things. I liked running, and I liked art. That's really it. I did like music, but you have to be good at it to actually be in the band. So there's that. And then with running, <laughs> you actually have to be super fast to make the Olympics. And uh, then there's that. So it's right two. Oh God, art! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, loved art. Uh, excelled in it in school. Had a tremendous teacher, which can connect to anything you guys talk about in any podcast, that if there's a good teacher, their excellence can be achieved. If you're willing to pay attention and follow directions and do what needs to be done to be excellent at what you want to do. And I had that teacher. And then I had that teacher, too, in college. And then I had that teacher in the second college, you know. And then I had the teacher in the third college, you know. And the colleges did you go to, Brian? (laughs) Four. So uh, that's uh, like with Tommy Boy. That's usually a doctorate. And, uh, you know, instead there was a plastic bag and me, you know, nine years of school. Uh, But uh, all necessary. All those people I got in front of were super necessary. And uh, it takes a lot of hard work to gather the skills to create anatomically correct statues. Um, and all the way I was doing this, there was always running. And still to this day, most of the statues I make are worked out at the res or at the fitness club or in the pool because that is where I go. Speaking of spirituality and exercise, that's where I go to find my peace. And, you know, one of my favorite of all time is Doc Sheehan, and he wrote in a book to me when he gave me a book – on the beach, when I said to him, I want to be a sculptor, but I'm scared, and he said, go to the monastery. He wrote it in his book and handed me the book, and that meant go for a run. Go you'll, for a run. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what kind of encouragement, like Ellie Denman would say the same thing to me. You go, hey, you know, go for a run. You'll figure it out. And guys like that are were super influential on me, and it always does work its way out. Maybe not the first run. Maybe not even the second run, but – I don't. Th- I think if you don't have that balance and you don't have that vehicle for someone who yearns for that, you're you get clogged up. You know, you get jammed up. You can't make the right decisions. You don't feel fluid, and uh, it helps. It helps, like you know, mellow me out. It's the it's the board meeting. I mean, it's the way we just kind of. Um, put everything together. I'm not making sculptures, but I'm sculpting my no everyday life. Uh, you know, and and it's where Amen. I go to figure these things out. And and uh, and like you said, find that peace. Uh, you know, and just 
maybe just get rid of some of that feeling that I'm just not so, quite so sure of, you know, and, and just and just really feel good. Because feeling good is, is very important it's to cool. doing good work, no matter what it is. Yeah, it's cool the way the negativity goes away when you're running, too. It seems to cleanse that, you know? And, I mean, how many runs have we had at the res where you could really call that run a fellowship run? Oh, yeah. Because that fellowship of running is powerful, whether you like it or not. And the truth comes out on the run. <laughs> Sometimes it's not always what you were looking for, but you pull up to the place and you run. And by the end of the run, you're like, hey, you know, that, that's incredible. Brian's referring to a local uh, five-mile loop that we have here, the Manasquan Reservoir. We call it the Res. And, I mean, I, I call it church. I yeah. go there on Sunday mornings, and uh, and I call it church. It's a five-mile loop. It's it's nice, loose gravel uh, footing, and, and uh, you know, it's not hard-paved roads, and I can go get lost there. Uh, you know, I definitely don't feel like I'm in New Jersey when I'm out there. And, it's beautiful. And, yeah. I, you know, we have our brothers and sisters come out there sometimes, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, there's – I always say that a, a good solo run is great. A good run with friends is great. Uh, you know, a good speed run is great. A nice and easy run is great. Uh, running is great for me. Uh, you know, and, and uh, I just, um, I'm, I'm grateful for it. It's where I met, you know, it's how I know you. That's right. And, That's right. And, and Mooney at, put us together. And there's the fellowship yeah. of, you know, and, and the, uh, you know, the tribe mentality that, that we kind of lost our way with a little bit as a society, yeah. you know, whether we get tucked into our uh, technology or our phones or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, we've never been so close, but so far away. And, you know, I think that, that good things, I mean, even if we don't, um, you know, we don't always see eye to eye with some of the other exercise modalities, but there are very few, you know, there's a couple of exercise tribes or groups out there that are a little bit territorial and, and for good reason, it's their thing. <laughs> you know, and, and it helps. It's part of what makes them tick. Uh, so I got to go on one of these runs, by the way. Just I got the I made the cut. Apparently, this year I got to know some people and went out. And um, the Brian Hanlon was there and said to me, "So, who are you?" That was great. It's true. That was my first introduction. So, so what's your deal? What's your who are you? And you know what? Start from the beginning. And that's, that's some great. That's what I said. But what's that's really. But I here? do the same thing with people when I meet new people, and I know that you know are they being you know introduced or indoctrinated into the tribe? Who are you? Because obviously, you know you're not going to invite people that aren't like minded or whatnot. But let me let me tell you I this though. I love that. No, I said, what's your story? What's, what's your, your story? story? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Anything that you have said would have been acceptable. <laughs> we just want to know. <laughs> it's not that. a judgmental crew by any means. Uh, and and uh, that, you know what? That's a very good point. Like, what's your story? Like, that's well, all I want to know from people is yeah. like their story. It's their connection. It's how do I? How, how you know? How can I get to know you better? And how can I? Uh, you know, tell me about yourself. Yep. And yep. I know that a lot goes into that with you and, and your, your sculptures. I mean, you're not only a sculptor, but you're a historian. Oh, sure. You know, you, and you are, uh, you know, you're, you're known for having your, your plan and having your information together, uh, you know, and it's one of the things that probably does set you apart as not only, you know, as a sculptor, but, you know, in the business end of it. Yeah. For making those connections with people, correct? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, um, there's over 500 life-size statues in America that I've made uh, over the past 30-something years. And if you did add up the numbers of who's looking at all of those in per year, it's easily 20, 30 million yeah. people. 
and they are all different subjects, like you said. Uh, I started out as a liturgical sculptor decorating churches, and I did a lot of sports awards. Um, and then it has just, you know, progressed into this stadium in front of stadium sculptures. Like the the, the Charles Barkley piece is twenty feet tall, and he's <laughs> up in the air and he's blocking the ball or ready to dunk it, whatever interpretation you want to make. <laughs> Yeah, current size. Yeah, <laughs> and Pist- Pistol Pete is throwing the ball behind his back. It, it's really a remarkable piece. We're just finishing up for LSU. Went there. He's a, only scored forty four points per game his senior year. <laughs> That's it. Before the three, it's a shame. Before the three point wow. line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but when I go to LSU, you know, I'm fascinated with the football stadium. Looks like giant stadium, and then basketball is great. I go over to the track. They've got it. Do you know how many Olympians? Went oh there? yeah, I met Jones there one time when I was there. I was like, I'm going to go do a track workout, and Lolo, L- Lola Jones. Mm-hmm. Oh man, she wow, she's is fantastic, striking, beautiful. In oh person. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one thing in you person, see her, okay. and you walk up there and you feel like Ralph Cramden. I can Corey Apple. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hi, hi, hi. The same thing happened to me when I met Marion Jones. I remember meeting her as a 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. And the pen realized, and I walked up to her. I thought it would be fine. Hey, how are you? Ellie Denman brought me right up to her. Right. And I forgot how to speak. <laughs> I mean, she was sculpted from the gods. It was incredible. It was more from the god, more than the gods. Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Marion oh, had, a, Marian had, had some extra help there. Yeah. I mean, certain people but, you no. meet, they have that the aura. it factor. Yeah. She was a champion. Yeah. And you meet champions, it's cool. You know, um, and you meet great coaches. It's super cool because they have that thing. You meet, you know, Cal. You see Cal and Lavalette on the boardwalk, and you talk to him for two seconds in the summer. It's like, wow, that guy's incredible. He just they just draw you in. Yeah, I mean, Faith incredible, guy. incredible teachers. Yep. Yeah, you find him at Padre Pio Church every morning, at eight o'clock. Yeah. Daily communicant, and he goes and does his thing. Crazy, right? Yeah, no, it's really crazy. But they they just you know they have a way of of connecting with with kids and you know these kids from different backgrounds and yeah tough tough backgrounds you know and there there wouldn't be in on that college campus you know whether you however you feel about it they wouldn't be there if they couldn't play ball and i think they have to be spiritually fit to do that on a long term maybe one two seasons but if you do dig into all the successful coaches you do find that the ones that are still around and were around a long time and had a winning percentage are all faith-based guys. Mm-hmm. And I had a great experience learning about Tarkanian, who was demonized by the NCA, and he, by the way, he sued them for 12 mil and one. They forgot to <laughs> add that to the story. Um, what a guy. Armenian? Yes. His people were trying to be wiped from the planet yes. by a certain culture. And uh, just same thing as the the, the, the Nazis, same type of uh, behavior. It was genocide. It was genocide. Yeah. He was one of the es- people who escaped as a kid. And he came here, and they built this amazing family in in Vegas. One of their children was a Rhodes Scholar. Isn't the, the failed politician a Rhodes Scholar? I believe so, yeah. And and his wife is head of the Board of Education in Vegas for 30 years. I'm pretty sure that's a good family. Yes. <laughs> right. And the daughter who I work with to get him in the Hall of Fame, we really single-handedly – were able to help get him in by getting letters written, petitioning, undoing the horrible press. 
is married to a brain surgeon. I mean, she's like an incredible person. So um, philanthropy, incredible, mm-hmm. you know, civic, civically minded. Just a, a giver and a, and a man of service. Right. One example of so many of these people who are able to change young men and women's lives through a sport. And you have to be fit spiritually to do that. You cannot fake that, especially for a long period of time. So his winning percentage when he retired was the highest in the history of sports. I love it. I love the positivity and the spirituality you say because right now in in media we've got all this negativity about you know these these coaches and this and that and it's tough to to stomach especially as a collegiate athlete and someone who you know has been through club and traveled around the world playing yeah. um you know volleyball was my sport when I was younger yeah. um to hear the the positive I would love and I guess that's just a I'm going to say that as a blanket statement right now for the world you would hear the negative, we dote on that. Where's the positive? And right, and that's right. really there's so much out there, like you're saying, of of oh, these yeah. people that are spreading this positivity. Right. And when you go to these college campuses, like you just said, with you know, with different places in the country, you put up this beautiful statue. It's almost like a renaissance and things get better because people feel better. And that's where it comes down to. And I think what I wanna say to you is that we talk a lot, you know, about um, you know, physically keeping your body healthy, but not just physically, but mentally. And you literally are someone who is putting, putting things out there again, connected with sports for, uh, for many things, Mm -hmm. not everything, putting these beautiful pieces up that bring people joy and happiness and mentally affects their lives, which then domino affect everything else. That to me is just so powerful that you have that ability literally in the palm of your hands. Mm-hmm. That you can bring this to people and share that message. Yeah. I think that's just such an amazing, you know, a, amazing talent that, again, when we talk on this podcast, our listeners, you know, hey, they might say, well, what's the deal with this? Christine's like the Brian Hanlon. Well, he's, you know, you may not be an Olympic gold medalist, but you are an Olympic gold medalist in something else that is just as meaningful to our society. Yeah. I think that's just so powerful. Now, where do you do your masterpieces? Talk about that. Well, it all started uh, in my mom's garage in Manahawk, and I built a sculpture of St. Francis for St. Leo's in Lincroft. Yeah. And um, then in a um, cemetery garage with no floor. That was an interesting winter. (laughs) I built all the statues for St. Joseph's Church, my first big job, in a garage with no floor. Oh. There was a couple pieces of plywood and a kerosene heater. And I used to have to leave there every few hours because I was getting intoxicated from the fumes. <laughs> you need a canary? It was, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like it was a canary in the coal mine. And then I went from there to a chicken coop, which is, you know, 30-something years later. Um, it's, it's been an interesting ride. Um just amazing. I look at these reality shows today. They have nothing like Gas Monkey, nothing on the chicken coop. I really <laughs> wish that we had the cameras rolling on the chicken coop because when that thing was it just asked Reagan. I mean, when that thing was in full bloom, you know, he would tell you any day of the week it was a Emmy winning. <laughs> Every job was an Emmy winning show. The paint is drying as they're pulling off the sheet. I mean, it was wild. But if someone asks me to get something done, we got it done. And it's not always pretty. 
Can you, can you talk about how, how do you create these? Like, what's the process? How's it like from well, start? You said, you know, you come uh, up with an idea. Someone, yeah. okay. I mean, for example, with uh, Pistol Pete Maravich, yeah. LSU, I figured right away it's a shooting statue for sure. 44 points per game. So I meet with the family and I show them sketches and both sons, he has two sons and he died when he was 42, by the way. He had one artery open his whole life. No one knew that until wow. after he died. Wow. He did the most amazing athletic things on the court with one artery open. Amazing. What's what's our excuse? No, exactly. For real. Yeah. What do we got going? <laughs> yeah. So I sit down with uh, uh, Joss and Jason, and and they're like, no, 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 no. He was the show. That's not the show. You can put that on the side of the base with him shooting and list those statistics, but – you have to come up with something better. And they were looking for like dribbling between the legs or, or or passing behind his back. And sculpture and painting and pictures are different things. They're different. I tried that in between the legs. Doesn't look good in a sculpture. Probably looks cool in a picture and a painting. But it looked a little weird with something in between his legs like that. It was just like awkward. Mm-hmm. And you can't go that way. You have to go dignity. And you have to go, you know, like, wow, and that kind of a thing with sports. So him throwing a ball behind his back is both dignified, badass, and, you know, just awesome. Authentic. Mm-hmm. It's yep. incredible. Yeah. And that was him. Yeah. And he would be staring straight ahead, Christine, looking at you. Mm-hmm. And he would throw the ball to someone over there and nail them right on the spot he wanted to. Yeah. He was – his peripheral vision – and Cousy talks about this, Bob Cousy, who reinvented the point guard position – is an art form. There's certain people that could come down the court and they had this vision both ways like this that only the supersonic athletes have, at, like Peyton Manning and, and these great quarterbacks who drop back and they can see the whole field. Everything. How, how are they able to do that? It's incredible, right? And uh, Pistol Pete had that. So we chose throwing the ball behind his back and now the clay model is completed. It's nine feet tall. And then a mold is made, and now I'm in the process of casting it in bronze. And then we'll do the hardscape, and we'll figure out what the base and the presentation and the lighting is going to look like. And it all kind of evolves, you know, slowly. Now, do you have a team of people that are going to help you? How do you... Big team, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I used to do it all by myself. That's what I was going to say. Almost killed me. Yeah. I've had a couple couple misses. So I'm still here. Yeah, you still are. And, and, uh, you know, it's like, you know, just to tell you, it's not just the statue. You know, if you, we'll post some pictures and things for you to see, but it's not just the statue. It's the, the base and, you know, what goes around it, the landscaping. And when you walk up to these, these things or if you see them, it's, it's really, it's, you know, it draws you in. It's not it's just, experience. it's, you know, it's really, experience, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's a nice uh, bronze uh, man over there. It's a real, it's a, something to stop and it might, you can spend, you know, a lot of time oh there, God, you know, yeah. an hour just looking at everything that goes into it. One of my favorites was the, uh, it was at Syracuse University where you did the 44 Plaza where the whole plaza was designed, uh, you know, and has the sculptures all over, oh, yeah. uh, you know, there was, uh, the great Jim Brown, right? Ernie Davis, Floyd Little, Little, and uh, and all those uh, great and Ben, and ben Schwartzwalder, and, yeah, their coach. coach. Yep, yeah, it's great. I just put up Roy Simmons and Roy Simmons Jr. Uh, next to those statues, who 
Roy was Jim Brown's lacrosse coach as well as the assistant football coach and then went on to coach, handed the reign off to his son, 11 national championships together, father and son team. It'll never happen again. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Hopefully, but no way. I mean, it, the culture of lacrosse there is incredible, and it's because of the coaching. Again, those two men were so fit and so ready to do what they do with young men that they won championship after championship. And it's not like John Hopkins was rolling over right. or Princeton right. or Virginia. or I mean, these teams come out for war. And Syracuse continues to Syracuse win. Syracuse, and they had a, they had a really cool mix too up there because they were taking players from Canada. Gary and, Gates, yeah, the Gates, the Gate brothers, and Tom Marichek, and yeah. great little cross players. And they were also taking players from the Indian reservations over there yeah. too. So they had a really cool mix of American players, American Indian players, uh, and, and some Canadians. And they, I mean, they were they were a handful for sure. I've seen yeah, them play a, uh, a small offshoot to that. Is Gary Gates is the women's coach now? This guy is huge. I mean, Mike, I can't imagine him with a stick running down the field. You know, the neck goes to the shoulders, mm -hmm. the muscles. He, he was a brute. He was Michael Jordan of they're, the sport. Christine, so, you know, they're twin brothers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And they were, I mean, both of them, one was just better than I'm the other. I'm a Long other. Island girl. All right. So, oh, you. All right. Lacrosse was yeah. like. All right. So, you know the gates. All right. You know. Hofstra. Yeah. Right. was badass, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're. Uh... So, anyway, I, I did some statues at. Um, University of Virginia, great place, incredible. Tiki Barber, Coach Welsh, almost threw his finger in his nose because that's what he did in the sidelines. The nose about the <laughs> anyway, he was like not an admiral but up there, the Navy, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, so I start learning about Virginia history too and Mrs. Love, Sharon Love reaches out to me. This is a powerful, powerful story and this is another side of what I do that sometimes I don't want to but I must – Yardley Love was murdered by her boyfriend in her dorm room, and it was national news, actually world news. She was left to dead by him. He beat her to a place where she could have went to the hospital and say, but left, and she died you know, slowly there. Um, there is a One Love Foundation, Yards, uh, that is very, very successful at teaching you know, domestic violence. And so I did a statue of Yardley Love as a cavalier, and that statue will be put up, I believe, at the Hall of Fame, the Lacrosse Hall of Fame, soon. So I'm working with the family. I just actually been trading emails with Sharon Love, extremely special person, lost her husband as well. So she's on her own dealing with all this stuff. And let's just say that the cavaliers weren't exactly forthright with her. Uh, in the way they could have mm -hmm. dealt with it. Because he was a student athlete as well. Correct. Yes. And they knew of his problems. So not to get too sidetracked here, but that statue will be a symbol of many things. Right. One certainly of healing and the other of her story, but it will become, I think, a powerful symbol for things that need to be talked about. That is the other responsibility of an artist is to take – a symbol like that and make sure that it's a historical pillar. You know, Jim Brown, Ernie Davis, and Floyd Little act as that too in civil rights and, you know, these, these issues that are extremely important to talk about. But there's also two sides of it too, Bri, because there was that gang of eight or something. You know, there was a book that came out and then some of it wasn't factual and then some alum, including Floyd Little, had to come in and go, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Ben Schwartzwalder was not a racist, in fact. Right. Let me tell you the facts because he was, in fact, my coach. And I played the game. You didn't. So there needs to be this healthy dialogue, just like there isn't in the removal of these statues. There must be, should they be removed or not, not my decision. But there's no spiritual and intellectual dialogue going on. That's what makes the stuff wrong. Not that they're being removed, but the process of it, you know? And I totally, as an artist, the believe snap in process. The snap to judgment. The, you, the, you, know, the, you have to have process. Yes. It's like raising kids. You have to have process, you know? There must be those awkward conversations. I wanted to ask you about that. And, you know, some of the ones that, you know, that, that we've seen come down and, and, you know, a lot of them are the historical figures of the South. One and, was by Houdin, the greatest sculptor in American history, the yeah. one in Virginia. Yeah. It's like, that was an incredible statue. Yeah. But it is a guy who is, you know, not a good guy right. as far as – no way, not even close. <laughs> Where was the discussion? You know, this crazy. And put that discussion on TV if you want to have some really interesting dialogue for people to learn from. Who's over-emotional? You know, who's coming in with the right mm-hmm. message? What is the message here? You know, and do you know that a, a, a rigger was killed on that job site because it was rushed to be removed? Wow. No wow. one, no one, father of three was not reported. So it's like there's a lot going wrong there, and uh, who knows? We'll figure it out. You know, in the 60s, there was hysteria about uh, many different topics. I think this is very similar. I'm not sure how much we've changed. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's just there always needs to be dialogue. And we always must respect process. Hey, when, all three of us here want to be champions in what we do. If we don't respect process, there's one thing that always happens to us. We get hurt. And when we can't, when we can't work out, when we're hurt, it's like, I'll respect process. Sure, give, right, me, right. give me another chance, please. <laughs> please, I'll do it. I'll do it. So it's, I think it's the same principle in all these things that, you, that we do. Certainly the same in what I do in my process of making something, if that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. What's what's your time frame is the other thing. I know that obviously different sized six sculptures. To six to eight months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now do you normally – are you normally working mainly on one at a time or do you have multiple stages? We're only doing 20 right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll love this. In the studio this year – you will have a clay model of Harry Tubman. Do you accept visitors to your studio? Can uh, well, I come yeah, visit? that'll be difficult. Talk to you about that later. Okay. Um, Not everybody else, just me. Susan B. Anthony, Harry Tubman. Um, well, Pistol Pete's done. And something else just came up. Keith Jackson for the Rose Bowl. Uh-huh. Whoa, yeah. Nelly. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> Keith Jackson and possibly um, Brandy Chastain were working on. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah? Pulled her shirt, her shirt off. Shirt off. Yeah. yeah. Sliding in the grass. Oh, that would be fantastic. Um, and uh, just Gavit Mullaney. Gavit founded the Big East for Providence. Mullaney coached the Lakers, that little guy named Jerry West again, <laughs> Will Chamberlain, but Who? coached John Thompson at Providence uh-huh. and a the best player ever in the history of that school, Lenny Wilkins. Lenny Wilkins. Who is probably basketball's greatest ambassador. He's an amazing guy. What a dignified man Hall he is. Hall of Famer twice. He reeks of dignity when you meet him. So so neat. First class guy. And um, a lot of jobs like that. The studio's going to look cool this year. And I just got hired to do um, a huge 
wildcat. So we have to use some artistic uh, interpretation of what that is because it's actually just a little kitty cat and you mm-hmm. let it out in the wild. <laughs> so we're making it bigger <laughs> for a mascot for North Michigan Tech. and uh, No, North Michigan University. I did a Husky for okay. Michigan Tech. So, How do you keep up with it all? I don't know. I know. <laughs> Tell you later. I, yeah. <laughs> Good support, I, lots I, of runs. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, the running helps, sure. right? Yeah, yesterday the swimming really helped me. I got out of the pool and I just felt like, yeah, I can handle all this. That's the ultimate feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, when the you're overwhelmed breathing. and you get you get out of the run or get out of the class mm-hmm. and you go, everything's going to be cool. I can, yeah, I, I can do this. Some people take medication for that. It's yeah. like, you know, and that's the America's crazy thing. America's over-medicated and that's, big time. You know, it's like if we could bottle this stuff, people would be buying it off the shelves. We couldn't keep it on there. America's geriatric population, you guys, I wish, I hope you can make a dent in that because they are Probably fifty percent over medicated. This is why. This is why we're doing what we're doing. This is why we've got this platform for, really, to spread that word of, you know, I mean, listen to you know, listen to Brian Hamlin today. This is he's getting inspiration for his artwork through running. I mean, you know, we yeah, change our you lives. You know? I, want, I want to step in just for a second here and talk to you guys about Brian Hamlin's running because okay, he. He uh, he poo pooed it a little bit before when he said, you know, the musician. He wasn't much of a music. I know, and that he, you know, the running, and he wasn't, you know, this and that. He wasn't quite. uh, It's a hack. Yeah, he's a hack. He lies. He's good. Well, Tim McClune really helped me with that. He is a hack of a runner. Pretty good artist, though. (laughs) Horrible harmonica player. Well, that's the thing. He is not a horrible harmonica player. He's a complete badass harmonica player. Uh, You know, and he's so he is a very talented musician. And as a runner, uh, you know, tell us what you just won recently here in New Jersey. What did I win? Oh, I won the 3,000 meters indoors. The 3,000 meter indoor. I'm going to do the nationals too. In, USA uh, TF, USA track and field 3,000 meter I, I, state I, champion. Yeah, I need, a, I need a track workout before that. Hello, <laughs> anyone out there, help me out. Help me out. And he'll be on his way to Landover, Maryland to run in the nationals. Get my ass kicked for to sure. get your ass kicked, I but will. that's well, hey, that's a beautiful place to get your ass kicked in the nationals. I'm gonna go out with the leaders. Yeah. Why not? Hang Yolo. On. So gonna, when we I'm talk about the uh, hang on, hang on to the short to it. his shorts. Some when we talk f- about the spiritual aspect of your running and what it does to help you get through the day, um, you, you know he's he's again poo pooing it a little bit, and he's a total badass. And uh, love running. Yeah, and you know he ran Division One at Monmouth University. Right? Yes. As a postgrad? Probably my claim to fame would be um you know, being captain of a D one team was a huge nerdy honor for me. I mean it was That's a big deal. It it's was a, big, a deal. big deal that I went from by the way, I was a twenty five year old freshman. I may or may not have been a bit of a rebel as a youth, you know. It took me a while to get to school and grow up, but I, I think my path is fairly normal, and I wish more kids would not go to school at 17, 18 and would work. I was an iron worker and a teamster and then went to college. And by the time I got there, I was ready. I mean, you appreciated it. I was ready to time. go. And it was like the perfect storm because we called ourselves the Monmouth County Misfits. Tom Fisher from Manalapin uh, got kicked out or left uh, Auburn, came up north. He was one of the best cross-country runners in the history of that bowl. Never had socks that matched, one of ten kids. He was just – he was a gamer beyond gamers. Right. Manalpin's uh, uh, Fisher. 
And then uh, Hendricks from, Manal- uh, from Matawan ran almost four-minute mile. And a couple other guys equally as talented from, from the Wave over in Long Branch. And we all came together on this team. It was pretty good. We still hold, even though Joe Compagni is the best track coach. He's amazing. In the history of New Jersey, winning percentage-wise. He really is. Uh, he does such a good job with them. Spiritually fit. There you go. Bam. He is not for sale, his soul. He is a very unique guy, um, and that's why his success is there. Also, he loves running. But we still hold – we're still in the record books. It's like over 30 years later, and he has had a lot of good runners. But because we had all those kids together for the DM, we're still sort of hoovering in there. They'll destroy it. We'll get bumped down eventually. But it's a long time to be in there, and that was – it's kind of cool to have that. And then Own that. I still yeah. look at my stats from college, and I'm like, did someone beat them? <laughs> yeah, your team, your volleyball team. Or individual stats and stuff. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. that's a big deal. That's you awesome. You don't want my stats from college. Yeah. Oh, Brian. They're nothing to hang your hat on. Yeah, but I think, again, Brian, you pro- if you went to school when you were 25, probably have a different story for us. I bet you would have been you know, breaking 15 in the 5K for sure, man. I mean, You know, it, it is. It's different, you know, and, and I've always said that life has kind of played out. You know, what, what, did, uh, what did Fabio say? Uh, life happens uh, for us. Life, not, yeah, life happens for you, not, not, to, not you. to you. And, and I, you know, I love running so much right now and I'm 42 years old and I still can do it and, you know, I can still do it fairly well. Uh, and, and I don't know if had I done it then I would do it now. And, and you know what, I'm not looking any, you know, for anything further than what I'm doing right now because it's just fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just an amazing time in my life when, when uh, you know, I can have fun and be active and, and just do fun stuff. It's, oh, it's, yeah. You know, it's really cool. And, me, you know, meet people like you. And, and uh, you know, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't meet people like you at the office. I wouldn't meet people like Christine, you know, if I didn't have these, these, these endeavors in my life. Yeah, true, true. You know, I feel like just, these paths, though, are, you, we have to go on these journeys. We have to. We have to experience what we've done. And, you know, investment banking to teaching to – you know, my third career right now, kind of going out and really realizing that, like you said, you have a almost a civic responsibility, right? As a, as an artist. And I, I feel almost a moral responsibility, you know, and I think Brian feels this too. And we feel like we have a message and there's something that, that connected us that, you know, really yeah. is a passion that we have, that we feel like we have to get out to people. Like we are these balls of energy that we feel like we can touch people like you can with your sculptures mm-hmm. that if we just sit back, it's almost like we're not living. We, sure. we might as well be dead if we don't get up every day. And, it's like I have to share it. Right. Like and we ha- have to. Whether have you like to, it or yeah. not, yeah. here we are, love us or hate us. And you're not going to hate us, but well, we good, have to. be good if this message had a, a bigger platform and a um, vehicle. And the example I can give you is that got a call from a New York Times reporter uh, in the past couple of months, and I didn't think much of it. Mm-hmm. So he writes the article. He visited me at the house. I thought there was going to be a photo and a caption. Instead, it's front page and it lasted two pages. And I've, awesome. I've received 250 phone calls and 250 emails, texts, and, you know, just from the one article. So in the spirit of that, it'd be nice if someone could take your podcast and put it on a bigger platform. Then you probably would have the ability to touch people that 
you had no idea that you could. Because I had no idea the effect this would have. Mm -hmm. It was across the country. I had the Rose Bowl people calling me. That's Pasadena. (laughs) And saying, we owe you big because the front page of the story was their statue of Jackie Robinson, who I did in this past year at the Rose Bowl as a football player. Because he, in fact, played football there. He still holds the punt return record. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh. It's crazy. How is that I did possible with all those runners that have been there? Yeah. It just shows you he was a superman, you know, as an athlete. Incredible athlete. Yeah, incredible athlete. So he wore number 55 at Pasadena Community College. And I went out of my way, me and another gentleman there, to try and get that to be the statue. And they let us do it. Instead of putting 42, we're like, he was more than that. That's the message, too. This guy was even bigger than 42. And Absolutely. He was. And his brother beat Jesse uh, Jesse Owens in races and lost to him in the Olympics in the 200. His brother. Just incredible. That's a pretty good resume. Yeah. I, I That's what I love about some of the things that, you know, that, that I've seen of your work is that the story is – just so much bigger like you kind of have it your statue will, will make you ask a couple additional questions yeah it has to be informative and those additional questions will lead to a dozen others like from each and it's just like the the layers of the onion like i right. love one of my favorites is the one that you did for the san diego padres uh that you had jerry on this, coleman jerry coleman so jerry coleman is a tremendous baseball player new york yankee what's that Four, four times four world series four times Seri- yeah four world series rings you should see that dug out yeah. Oh, yeah. So he played on some of the great Yankee teams of all time. Second and then, baseman. And then he went into broadcasting and there's a Hall of Fame broadcaster for the San Diego Padres. So you make a sculpture of Jerry Coleman and you make a sculpture as of, of a baseball player and a announcer. An announcer. Definitely. All right. So tell us, what is the, the, sketch, the statue of Jerry Coleman? What right. is it? So I meet with him and I have all these sketches of him turning in double play. He was what an athlete. I mean, we're talking... 10 feet in the air, jumping, turning a double play. So uh, he pushes them all aside, ignores them, and says, I want to be depicted as a soldier. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? What are you talking about? He goes, I'm the only athlete to voluntarily leave professional sports twice and serve in our armed forces. And so I have him depicted as a pilot. But he was really a gunner. He used to sit in that glass bubble mm-hmm. in the bottom of the plane as a you know, like a shooting target, and shoot the enemy. And he did that in two wars, World War Two and Korea. And he volunteered. Only one. Only one. Ever leave sports and still have four rings. I, was, I walked out of there so schooled and so humbled. And that's the statue. When you walk into Petco, first thing you see is Jerry Coleman up against the wall with mm-hmm. all these pictures. And they let me put my double play image behind him on the wall. And the other thing he said, he was a funny guy, he goes, you depict me as a Yankee? I never, ever can come to work here again. This is the Padres. <laughs> he goes, don't let that out, that I played as a Yankee. <laughs> Everybody knows. So, okay, you know, it's go, he said, it's brown hats here. <laughs> so one, one of the other ones that I really, really like, and it's just another incredible figure, but uh, again, it tells the story of more than just what you're seeing was the Steve Gleason New Orleans Saints rebirth. Yeah, that's that's powerful stuff. Powerful. It's got Gleason's, everything. Gleason's a powerful dude. All the if you haven't seen the thirty on thirty about Steve Gleason in New Orleans, you should uh 
or is the or the documentary or he's got the whole documentary out it's yeah. i mean i was, i almost don't want to watch it again was danny involved clinch involved with that documentary or one of them? uh i local know artist. Well, yeah i know that uh i know somehow right danny was but yeah danny clinch local artist i believe was involved with that but uh but the guys from pearl jam definitely were they yeah so he a was a great athlete for the saints uh special teams tiny guy by the way same size as you I just, I just threw you <laughs> under the bus. I just totally threw you. I'm huge. <laughs> Tiny guy, you know, like you. <laughs> anyway, I go up to this professional football player, and he's not as tall as me. And he got to play professional football. So he was super fast and able to crush people when he got in contact with them. Um, Hurricane Katrina hits. One of the decisions of the owner was to tear down the Superdome. Right. The place, the the city was floored by that decision. It was not good. I don't know if you remember at the time. They mm-hmm. really demonized that guy because the the Superdome really was like ground zero of, right. oh, of yeah. the Hurricane Katrina. People so died wanted, in there, and it was really not a good scene. Yeah. Anyway, they keep it. First game back for the Saints, Steve blocks a punt and scores a touchdown, and the moment is called rebirth. It was so emotional that moment, and it was against Atlanta. Um, Falcons, their mm-hmm. hated rivalry. Hated. It's it's unbelievable. I love those rivalries. It's like two teams from the south. They, they hate it in division. Yeah, the whole thing. So it can only happen in sports, man. This kind of a moment. So the statue I made is of him blocking the punt, and it's called Rebirth. And actually, a copy of it is going to the practice facility this year. Um, Mickey Lomas, you know that he okay. contacted yeah. me to to bring a copy down and. And we're gonna. This image was is bigger than the moment. Right. It's a symbol of Steve and Steve's courage. Steve is still alive. He has ALS. He's in a wheelchair. He communicates through his eyes. He's incredible. His humility and his spirit, clarity, his spirit is unbelievable. And most people with his disease, I think, passed at least five years, five six years ago. I mean, he's way beyond anything, and he's out every day. I hear you know giving people his message and so that statue yeah it's much bigger than a moment but the moment is what created this this great positive energy you know in the city and it's a funky place you know new orleans is those are some really crazy fans the thing that i (laughs) that i you know remember about that uh, statue is that i was in boston to run the marathon and when I go to Boston to run the marathon, I don't bring anybody with me. No wife, no kids. It's me. It's a solo mission. And I go in there, and sometimes I turn the TV on in the hotel room. Sometimes I just stare at the wall because it's quiet. Yeah. And I happen to turn on the TV, and NFL Network is doing a documentary about Steve Gleason. And when they brought the, uh, they brought him to Machu Picchu. Yes. They brought him to Peru, and they had to rig up this apparatus to get him to the top and it's him and it's Scott Fujita yep. uh, and a couple other, you know, some people that he we has. We talked about this before. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. And so here I am in Boston and I'm, you know, just watching this thing and I'm blown away and I'm inspired. I'm about to run the marathon and I could run it like that very minute <laughs> if I had to because it was just everything, like all the, you know, all the feels. And um, and then I and then on my screen pops the statue. Yeah, and Hanlon. Yeah, there's Brian Hanlon on my on my TV. standing <laughs> so, next to uh, Steve in the chair. Steve, it, yep, you're all there. It was the unveiling. Drew Brees is there, and all you know. These, Drew was great. Yeah. I have to say, he was really good guy, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of c- celebrities. 
you don't know how to take them sometimes. They're, you know, they snub you and they you know, want nothing to do with, you know, even if you built a statue of them. The, Drew, Drew Brees reminds me of a hockey player. Yeah. Right? Like the way that hockey players, you know, I've always kind of, my yeah, interactions at least, just my the hockey players are usually, the, you know, the salt of the earth type of, type of you know, people. He's a looky in the eye when he talks to you guys. Yeah. He's a, you know, Drew's really good, solid guy. Uh, I have to say Barkley is one of the most respectful I've ever worked with. He's Which real. Is, which a lot of people have a lot of opinions on him. So for right. you to say that is, you know, I mean, how is Shaq, that like? Shaq is good, but Shaq's about Shaq. You know, I mean, that's why he's worth what he's worth probably too. I mean, he's really focused on. That Shaq statue is amazing. Yeah. What's the next thing for me to do? Yeah. And that's why he's who he is. And um, also Dominique Wilkins was great to work with. He's still a friend today. And um, Vander Holyfield was, was good guy. Yeah. I mean, really Really a neat one-on-one guy. A lot of work in Atlanta. Bobby Cox. Bobby Cox was extraordinary. He gave me a personal tour of the new stadium. I kept trying to pinch myself. I'm like, hold on. I look over. I'm like, that's freaking Bobby Cox, and he's giving me a tour. Should I give him the Ferris Bueller 5 ski? I mean, what's going on here? Give him a tip. Yeah. <laughs> what, did, uh, what did Yogi Berra say to you about the statue that you made of him? I never thought I could look so good. And he walks away. Classic. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. a yogiism. Didn't say, hey, how are you? Got Brian. Good to see you. Oh, never thought I could look so good. <laughs> kind of wanders away. Yeah, by the way, he was like 105, you know, when I made the statue of him. He's, he was, you know, I maybe one of sports' greatest personalities. Yogi. Yeah. Oh, the best. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, could, so. I could quote him in the household on a daily basis. Yeah, well, that, that statue has gotten me a lot of... Um, Interesting conversations in the sports world because he's just so beloved. To go that long in sports and have zero enemies is almost impossible. So um, you find people like that. Yogi's one of them, definitely. Um, the guy I'm sculpting now for UConn, uh, D. Rowe, Donald D. Rowe, you, know, you wonder why is Stewart, Connecticut, the basketball capital of the world? There had to be an AD there at one time who was like, Hey, Gino, come over here. Mm-hmm. Hey, Calhoun, you know, let me get this guy from South uh, Southie, this tough guy. That was D. Rowe. He is New England basketball, and he is uh, not well. He's Bob Cousy's best friend, and I'm doing a statue of him right now to be unveiled, hopefully, while he's still with us, you know, on the planet, just like I was trying to do also for Luke Carnesecca uh, at uh, St. John's, one of my favorite guys, and uh, I just did Joe Labcheck there who signed the first black player in the history of New York basketball, Sweetwater Clifton. And um, hopefully we get Luke Karnaseka done while he's, again, while he's still here because these guys are super important to this history of the sport right? and the uh, evolution of the character of these athletes that came through these schools because that's really – UConn is more than the wins – it's the level of characters they too had there. You know, Calhoun gets a bad rap too. He's an incredible guy. He's my favorite. Oh my god. Oh, I, I love him. As a coach, I loved him. One on one, you should you should talk to him one on one. He is as real as a Southie kid could ever be. Yeah. And uh, uh, he's always going out of his way to help me. So, um yeah, it's great. Great. I've been lucky. And you get to immortalize these people either way, which is yeah, it's just an amazing thing to do for them, as you say. You know, they're as people are getting older, and you know, and and they leave this planet. They're not. 
they're here. And yeah. what an amazing thing that you get to do that. And their stories, as we said, you look at it, maybe you ask some, you know, very superficial questions, but then there's more, there's yeah. the layers of the onion, you peel and the, what's this and why is that? And why is this positioning and this, it, everything it's awesome. Yeah. And there's, there's a hundred statues in New Jersey. And I know we haven't touched on that, but, um, you know, just when you get off the parkway to go to Seaside, there's Welcome to Ocean County. It's a huge monument that I made a few years ago. And then last year I did probably my favorite monument I've made in the whole country. It's called Protectors of Freedom, 100 Years in the World Stage. And it's the largest municipal veterans tribute in America for a municipality. And the Grunin Foundation paid for it. Uh, Linda and Jay Grunin are probably going to go down as the most remarkable philanthropists in all of Jersey Shore history. That's that's big, by the way. I mean, big. That, yeah. And it's because of their focus of who they are and what they want to be. And there's certainly people capable, other foundations, of doing that, but maybe don't have the right focus. And it's extraordinary what they're doing. With their philanthropy, you know, um, we're about to see OCC get enlarged with an arts academy, and that's really fueled by them. That's extraordinary, and um, you know, hospital schools—they're um, really making a difference and making a big difference for artists. By the way, which this is the first time we've had an advocate like that, right? You know, there there are people where, you know, like if I said myself, like when I see Russell Westbrook play basketball, I said if I played basketball and I was a professional basketball, that's the way I would want to play. And, you know, you see people like you're, you're referring to now, you know, if I had was, you know, involved with philanthropy as much as I, you know, fiscally could, you know, or financially could, like what I would want to do it like sure. they do it. Sure. You're the role models. Yeah, he is uh, definitely, uh, Mr. Grun is a role model. And, um, he has made a difference and will continue to. Um, very simple. Like the, his, their outlook is simple but hard to keep to that mission. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been lucky. Those two monuments are worth checking out. They are real deal Holyfield monuments. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So cool. I think that uh, we, we want to wrap this up with you. I, what was I, that, five minutes? Yeah, give or take. We could go on forever. <laughs> I, seriously, we I feel could. like I could do a 3 But we're going to have to have you back is what's going to happen. So as what, we want, as, uh, what we want is to have you come back after your uh, nationals, and uh, we'll have a race report from you. <laughs> see, see how it goes. It won't be good. <laughs> <laughs> 3K on a track is around and around and laps. around 15 laps on a 200-meter track indoors where the air is not quite I'd so breathable. I'd rather do it on a treadmill. Yeah, you just you know what it's a it's a type of pain that's different than what we're used to because you have to immediately get to the intensity, so you must get to the line warmed up, immediately achieve that hydrogen I mean that oxygen deprivation mm -hmm. and hang on. So the mental torture is of a whole different caliber than the half marathon. Although the half marathon you I did my first this year, it was so gratifying to 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 do that like the 3000 meters is one type of high one type of gratification that half merit that was really cool really cool. i finished that and actually cried what one like, did what's you wrong do? with me which one did you do princeton princeton not good one of the one of <laughs> Wait, the hills so, is a mile long 
Right. So wait, are you a? Have you marathoned yet or no? no. Oh no, no. I have no interest in that. I, oh. I don't even understand you people. So he, you all have a pro- lot of issues. I'm going to be in my Wonder Woman outfit with my paste stick for New Jersey. No, I'm doing the you half. Can, doing the half. Oh no, I'm throwing down. He's throwing. He's going to break 120. <laughs> I'll be pacing, so you can run with me. If we get him the right path, is there any hills at all on that? No. We're in New Jersey? No. Yeah. New Jersey half? Isn't there no. the one downtown? I mean, there's a, there's a couple, like, there's some little pop-up, 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 pop-up bridges, bridges that you get over. I think that's your that's your one, 120 place. Where's the Chicago? Uh, 120. I would sign for it right now. Don't. Don't. No. Don't. Wait. No, wait, no, no. wait. 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 Just keep training. Do yeah. the next right thing. There's no such thing as training. It's just enjoying and going out and I making it you your get, therapy. That's yeah, right. Yeah, right. Done. Yeah, sure. I'm still writing stuff down. <laughs> gonna run that time there. He could break 120 there. I think he's he's got it in him. I've seen him at the res. He's flying. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, you know, but the it's, thing uh, is, don't get hurt. Absolutely, maintain. Don't run have so a much. Balance certain levels of respect. Well, for how what how we're many doing. days a week are you two in the pool? Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I hear crickets. No, Christine is a monster in the pool. Oh, are you, you kidding? Going, oh, that's right. You're she's doing running doing the Iron Man. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. still trying what, to. F- what pool do you go to? She's got you go to a couple local. Okay, you know, okay, nothing crazy. But yeah. her son is a is a swimmer. swimmer. A, a swimmer like in high a school? fish. No, nine years he's old. He's nine. If he goes to the championships. He's been my coach, coaching me for so like the last year. Swimmer. He swims for Riptide, which is a local. Okay. Place out of here, right. but he, it's so cool. Good he, sport. He's so he's fast. Nine years old, and <laughs> and he so is her, and he is mom's triathlon swimming coach. That's really great that you have that. That is so good. Yeah, I, I experienced the um, one of the best experiences of my life as a father was watching my daughter Maggie run cross country and track, and uh, you know, there's at so, Mammoth, at Mammoth, just well, like a pops. Tom's River North. Too. Okay, that was pretty cool. They they started out ranked like a hundredth in the na- in the um, state, and at the meet of champions, got sixth. That was wow. one of the coolest things I ever watched in sports was watching the evolution of that team. And again, because they bought in, and then they all ran together as a team. It was it's 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 you can't put words to it. You have to watch it, and it's so gratifying, especially if it's a, you know your son or your daughter. Watching it and seeing the courage. Anytime you see courage in your children, it is just so inspiring and gratifying, you know? Very cool. So, and then at Monmouth, yeah, she was, was great. Going to a D1 school, we, we were convinced she was doing D3. Uh, and she's that, I, this is her, totally, uh, not enough of a challenge. So she goes to Monmouth where these girls are running really fast. I mean, whoa. Yeah, high and end. She winds up, you know, Senior year, she's a captain. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Hello, hello, my lady. (laughs) Your wife played soccer there. Uh, Michelle was a much better athlete than me. She had a uh, scholarship to play soccer at Monmouth. She was great too. Oh my god! And she has done a couple of marathons. She did the um, Marine Corps. Nice. And several half marathons, which she was getting good at. So I think my oldest daughter Molly who ran at Mondon and then ran at Monmouth briefly is going to do her first half. And I think, you know, we might get a group run in the family cool. there. That I'm would in. be cool. I'm in. I'm an honorary Hanlon. I would love that. Yeah. Be great. And the D-man will join us too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we got we got a whole flock. And I, I do want to thank you for that. Uh, right to my right here is a, is a nice Dr. James Naismith uh, s- sculpture. A little uh, – what do we call that? The – 
Well, that's a, uh, a, a replica of the award that is given to the Men's and Women's Coach of the Year. It's the most prestigious coaching award in, um, in the country. It's okay. given to – last year, Mark Few got it yeah. from Gonzaga and a guy named Gino up at UConn. He He's went maybe, to just give it to him every year? Few, <laughs> just give it Couple. to him every year? So uh, Brian gave it to my son, my hoops-obsessed son who uh, you know lives, dies, breathes, everything basketball. He, uh, I come home at any time, and he's got his shirt off, sweating, playing basketball on the little hoop that hangs off my garage door. I did the same inside. thing. I, I got one of them, too. Loves it. Love hoops. He'll, he'll name you his top 10, his top 15. Yeah. Le, le, uh, le, the other day, he says, Dad, who is the fifth best small forward to ever play the game? Because I know the top four. <laughs> oh. He's five. <laughs> it's the best. Love the passion. It's the Love best. The we live through our kids, and I see it with you, and I see, you know, I just see everything. You know, our passions in life are what guide us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and um, you know, it's it's uh, it's really good to sit down with you and and hear this. Oh gosh, all good stories. You know? Yeah, my and, son Luke was a good swimmer at North, and watching that team was great. Yeah, and that's yeah. the cool thing about you. You got you've got you know kids uh, five five children. Uh, Runners, but you've got a swimmer. You've got a gymnast yeah. on the way. Yeah. May is yeah. a freak of nature. Yes. Yeah. My youngest is super athletic. Really. I think she has an interesting combo of both of our genes. So, because uh, Michelle's sister was all American at OCC in soccer. Mom. Had crazy skills. Saw her do a rainbow during a game. <laughs> Pele. Yeah. Saw her do one of them in a game. It's like, what? We're at OCC here. What are we watching? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, Brian, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you here and to tell your story and to see how you are making such such a great positive impact on this world in so many, so many directions around this world with athletes, with, Mm -hmm. um, again, even people that are listening that are not, you know, really into sports, just into really making a difference and going out there and doing something that's mindful and and really, we thank you for that, and we thank you for coming on and, and sharing your stories with our platform and our listeners. So, Brian, anything uh, other, Brian? I got two Brians today. I'm feeling love right now. This That's is great. great. <laughs> so with that said, we thank you again, and um, my name is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace. <laughs>